Okay, the name of this podcast is Inherently Human, right? Yeah, I think it is. Yes. Or, or I'm in the wrong room. I can't. It's, no. been, it's been a long day. Aiden knows. That's <laughs> Aiden DeBoard. I'm Aiden DeBoard. <laughs> My name's Jim Newman, and this is episode seven of seven. Inherently Human. Lucky number seven. And we have two guests with us. They were on episode six, and we began to discuss a topic that was far larger than the amount of time we had left. Right. So we decided to extend to episode seven and talk about human morality. I Is that essentially I, the heading? Yeah. Would y'all like so. to introduce yourselves? All right. Well, I'm Willis Solomon. And I'm Haley Sage. Well, Haley welcome. Sage, S-A-G-E. Correct. Cool, yeah. cool. That's very important. <laughs> yeah, they, there's Facebook. We need it. Um, so we left off last time. Haley asked the question of inherent human morality. Um, yeah, are we good or bad? Yeah, yeah. Right. Are we born, quote-unquote, good, or are we born, quote-unquote, evil? Mm-hmm. Um, or are mostly we, of one of those. Mostly of one. Are we morally ambiguous? Mm-hmm. The word? slate is the term right. they use. Yeah. And then through the idea of nature versus nurture, essentially, is how we develop those morals. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah you've talked related. about that before. A little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Haley, we might have talked about it on the, the previous episode, but what is your... What's your opinion? What do you think? Do are humans when they're born, are we inherently on the moral compass or are we lost? What do you think? Are I we, think yeah. that when I would I quickly jump I I quickly agreed more with your what you said which was lost because I don't think we have any concept or idea of what morality is. We don't understand it. We just have like instinct. We just have this, you know, maybe it's a survival like instinct, maybe it's, you know, that's what I think it is, but um it's only when we get older that we learn oh, we've made our society has made rules and tells us what is good and what is bad cuz throughout history that has changed, mm-hmm. right? So I think that if we're just going to keep it really simple, um, I think we're a mix, like a, a pretty even mix, actually. Um, I wouldn't say we're mostly good. My family and my background would tell me that, but I disagree. Um, some of my more pessimistic, you know, friends or something would say maybe mostly evil, but I, I don't think I can, we're at a place where we could say that. And I know Mm -hmm. that's where the discussion comes in. Um, and I also would need to learn more about like, what research has been done to, like, demonstrate. Right, but do you have a gut sense? If you meet someone, and I, I guess you could put yourself in that position of, of just telling us what subjectively, if you don't know anything about the person, are you going to expect this person to be a nice guy or a nice woman? Okay, that's interesting <clears throat> that you rephrase it. By like making it yeah, about like very personal. adults, maybe that I might run into because when I meet new people, I usually assume, unless they're yes. like a woman or something, which is weird, <laughs> um, that they're a mostly good person. Like I, I'm usually pretty optimistic about people. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just when we talk about 
when we are like we are newborns and we are just coming into the world that I'm just like I there's no grounds to say that we're mostly this or that I think when we start to get older and we kind of decide what we think is right and wrong that's where people maybe veer off um well then where does that come from uh is that from parental teaching that we learn to be good or bad then if it's not inherent in us like what about altruism if uh, you if anyone is willing to give up something that they value just to help a stranger and not get anything back uh is that something that you learn at the family table or is that something that comes from somewhere else whether it be religion or i don't know something more inherent more deep than that i mean it has to be a mix of both because you know we are a part of like there's social pressure there's like forces that influence our behavior that come from our environment from other people but Mm. i think you know even if you aren't raised you know under a certain moral code that's really obvious and explicit you can't do this you should do this we still have i feel like at least some base like level of empathy or like ability to empathize at least most people do yeah so because we understand pain we understand that other people can experience pain right yeah and so because we recognize that we ourselves have felt pain then maybe it's a pretty simple step to wanting to end it in someone else which would be kindness i guess (laughs) or not so I guess that begs the question does empathy does kindness uh, not strive does kindness come out of empathy does altruism does any kind of good moral direction come from empathy and in that same vein Sympathy is sympathy a good moral or is it just a cover up? Willis? Yeah, I want to hear um, it. <laughs> that's an interesting question, and something I've been thinking about as we're having this question of morality is um, I was talking about this kind of thing in one of my political science classes the other day um, because you know whenever you're in a political science class, I you know some. Most people here might not have ever been in a poli-sci class, but some people have very strong opinions about certain things, as people probably know. Mm. And when you're going to a school like Portland State University, it um, those opinions strongly tend to lean toward the left end of the spectrum, and so you have some people who have very strong opinions about like some of the people on the right. Like... Um, And so I was in one of these classes, and someone was going off on this whole rant about Mitch McConnell, and our professor stops us, and he goes, um, you know, every person who goes into the politics, with a few exceptions, goes in wanting to make a difference and be a public servant. Most people. But as time goes on, the environment is what, like, makes them maybe loosen their morals and, um, you know go into a direction that may be considered amoral or um, inherently bad. And that's a very interesting topic, is that maybe, you know, maybe we all are born inherently, quote-unquote, good, 
but as time goes on, the environment, the world, life just shifts us maybe into a more quote-unquote bad direction. Or a yeah, more okay. practical, <laughs> perhaps, uh, desire to meet certain goals that you have. Like Mitch McConnell is the Senate Majority Leader, and uh, presumably he has certain pressures on him which might guide him in directions that he may or may not have chosen had he been basing his choices simply on uh, his inherent goodness. Exactly. That sometimes the desire to move up in the world, or maybe in Mitch McConnell's case, it was like, you know, I could become Senate Majority Leader in hopes of maybe having more of an impact to make the world better, but then he has all these pressures from the party or whatever, and they can just get to you. And that could be the case a lot of the time, that sometimes we have this desire to move up in the world, and it could, you know, be for true reasons. We want to move up and make go up in the world in order to make a difference for someone else. But then as you go up, more there's new pressures that come upon you that maybe can shift your moral code a little bit. Right. Is that... That kind of makes it sound like power is evil. That's because it... it social influence? Because it, it, the way that this sounds to me, at least, is as whoever this guy is moves <laughs> up in whatever political realm he is, the more loose, right, his morals yeah. kind of become. Because the more power that he has, the more pressure that he has to change things, and the more ability he has to do it. So the more susceptible he is to like power have can that effect. Definitely corrupt people, and that's not saying that power is inherently something that can corrupt people. You have have you know there are leaders in in you know our modern time and even in the past that you know have been altruistic and good, or at least in their in our public eye they might seem so. Right, and I'm sure you know even in private life, like um, hate to be like this guy, but Barack Obama I've heard in his private life is just like an inherently nice dude. Um, but, I don't know, power, I think, has the potential to corrupt people, probably, okay. and that if you're not maybe strong-willed enough or, you know, strong, fast on your morals, that you can be susceptible to power changing you. Okay. The dark side of the force. On the well, <laughs> and then, uh, I guess, where does evil come in? I mean, does evil actually mm. exist, or is that just someone's misdirection based on a loss of uh, their, I don't know, moral compass in some way, making bad choices, but not because there's a heaven and hell, but simply because the pressures of life um, confuse them, and so I guess that wouldn't really be evil, that would just be a mistake. An argument that was made to me once is that evil does exist, but people might not be inherently evil, but their actions are. So you can take, um, you know, like, again, world leaders, you could take, like, someone like Hitler or Stalin, that maybe as a person they might not have started inherently evil, but their actions make them evil in our mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the result of their behavior, that could be, I think, without argument, being yeah. defined as evil, right? Do you think they're aware of it being evil? Like, no. obviously, 
we can't ask them, right? Right. But in the course of their actions, do you think at any point they kind of had a an internal reflection and they thought about evil, about what they were doing and how it affected those around them? Or do they think that they were doing it for such a cause that they're so passionate about what they thought was good that the the ends justify the means? Yeah. Yeah, and that is an interesting question. And I know, at least for me, that there have been times I've thought about, like, you know, was that the right decision or something mm-hmm. like that in time, like, life would be... In your life. In, your yeah, decision. in my life that... You know, maybe I've made a decision that wasn't the greatest or something, and I have reflected on it and been like, was that the best choice to make? And I would imagine, you know, most people, and you can include Hitler and Stalin in that, being, you know, did, is this the right choice? And to them, I guess it was, yeah. But, I don't know, that's an interesting question. There's a really cool movie called Downfall. Uh, that's in German and it stars a guy named Bruno Ganz and it's about Hitler's last 10 days and according to that movie there was no question in his mind that he hadn't failed at all Mm -hmm. that he had a perfect moral compass it was in fact the German people who deserved to be punished (laughs) because they had failed him so he had no sense of his participation exactly. in anything evil. And there are definitely, like, sociopaths in the world, you know, right. that yeah. maybe don't have that mo- same moral compass that your quote-unquote average person might have. Okay. Though I thought we were, uh, I was assuming I that we weren't talking about them because they yeah. don't have the, like, ability or the capacity to that, feel that's, I, Yeah, that's a different Yeah, that is a different entirely. topic entirely. And, but what I want to bring up... Um, is this is something that Jim and I have talked about before, um, not on the podcast, but at the pool, <laughs> of moral equilibrium. So what that is, is essentially um, if you're actively aware of you doing a good thing or a bad thing, that subconsciously in your mind, if you do another good thing or another bad thing, you can justify your actions. So, if I, let's see, I gave a homeless man a dollar, right? And I'm like, oh, wow, I did a very good thing today. And later that day, I have to pay admission to something. And I say, I think to myself, oh, I gave a homeless man a dollar today. I'm just going to sneak through. Because (laughs) morally, I can, I'm equal. Right? So you paid ahead. Yeah. You, you, you paid ahead your goodness. Exactly. I did something good, so I'm allowed to do something bad. Right. Or, I did something bad, so I need to do something good to equal myself out. Do you think that this has something to do with humans being inherently good or inherently evil, and whether or not subconsciously we're aware of it, and we act upon that, so we find ourselves at this moral equilibrium. That <laughs> thank you. Go ahead. That's a heavy-handed question there. Yeah. Um, right? Gonna, gonna make me the... practice my improv skills here. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, and yes, and um, I think that also kind of lends itself to the idea of like a second chance, almost too. Is that moral equilibrium that? Um, 
kind of the reverse of that, that you do something bad, so maybe you do something good. I don't, I don't know, like, I've definitely, like, maybe felt that in the past, where, you know, you act, you know, you're in a bad mood, you screw over a friend, so you buy them coffee the next day, and kind of a attempt to make it up to them and say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of along the same vein, I think, of what you're saying. That, that feels more like personal guilt, interpersonal guilt between mm -hmm. two people. The moral equilibrium that I'm thinking is solely you. Solely you me. as a person, each individual person, each, everyone has a moral equilibrium. Mm -hmm. You in your head keep track and keep tally of all the actions that you do on this moral scale, right? And as you go throughout your day, you kind of gauge where you are in this scale subconsciously, and then you make your decisions based off of that. In other words, you can do a little bad just so long as you balance it with a little good. good. Or yeah. maybe even more good than you do bad. And then you're really And then good. you could be like, oh, now I can do a little bit more bad because I have so much extra right. So this you... is all subconscious is what you're saying. Yeah, so we could be aware of it under, like with my example of the homeless man admission. Um, like, I was aware of that. However... A lot of times, or there's a lot of theory that say that we don't, we aren't aware of it. That subconsciously, in the back of our minds, we have that tally, we have that that scale that we're constantly going off of, and it uh, it changes our decisions, it changes our actions depending on where we feel we are on that scale. Well, who's keeping track? You are. You are. You're. Okay. you're I wonder, you could argue that that's where the concept of God comes from, maybe. You could argue that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think also another thing that you could argue with that is that everyone, if this is true, it's more than a matter of interpretation. Not everyone is going to have that same moral scale. So some right. people, you know, mm -hmm. let's say, like, a true neutral on the scale is what you said, you know. If the admission to that thing was a dollar, so... True neutral would be you gave a homeless man a dollar, you don't have to pay the dollar for admission. Fair. If we're counting that as true neutral, maybe some people are a little lower on the scale, so it wouldn't even be like, I gave a homeless man a dollar so I can sneak in and take some popcorn for myself. Mm. Or some people it's a little higher, so I gave a homeless man a dollar, but like, uh, maybe I'm still not good for the day. I'll pay $2 in admission now. And this is assuming that we're all consi very consistent about our morality and we don't change. Yeah, and that's the other thing that, like, we talked about a little earlier with Mitch McConnell is, like, your morality can change over time, I think. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just an interesting point to bring up, I think. So, Haley. Thoughts. Thoughts, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I'm scared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Uh, no, I think that I'm really glad you brought it up and you described it because I've never actually considered that before um, but it kind of makes sense to me in my mind because that would explain maybe why certain days I just feel like total shit I feel like a shit person because I did like X and X and X like XYZ thing wrong mm. and I haven't done anything right today you know and then there's only days where I'm on cloud something. nine yeah. yeah and there's days where I'm like super high on life because like I've just been on it like I helped someone out like 
I just ran into someone who needed help with like holding out open the door and then I ran into you know a different situation where, where I was useful and so then I feel like re really great about myself and that would be describing when I fall out of that middle range right of mm -hmm. like equilibrium and I, I guess equilibrium it might not be a line we're saying it's like a, a it's a spectrum maybe yeah a scale. It, yeah that's yeah a scale so the idea behind it is that you ultimately want to be within that little middle area mm -hmm. um, and then too far on each end is when you start feeling uncomfortable and you need to do something good or you feel a little bit too high it's and not you need sustainable. to yeah like you can't stay up there yeah mm -hmm, because then it just becomes the new standard mm -hmm. so I guess my question in all of this is... If we subconsciously do this, does that make us inherently blank? Inherently. <laughs> well, like our our blanks our blank state that you were talking about before. Yeah. When state, we're born. Yeah. Are we prone to evil, prone to good, whatever, or are we just ambiguous in the middle? The the idea of moral equilibrium in my mind leads me to believe that we are born prone to nothing. We're born with this middle ground according to what we believe, and then however that changes through time and society. Well, okay, all right, everybody's disagreeing. I don't <laughs> know if I disagree with you. That was, that, that was definitely a, oh, it, kind it's of. A, I don't, it's, it's more of a, I haven't kind of thought of that yeah. in that context before. I I don't know if this is just me wanting to believe that, like, we're all born at least with good, but I'm not entirely sure, in all honesty. And I, I do like the idea of equilibrium. I'd like to at least believe that we're all born with the potential to okay. be an inherently good person. Because I think if we start to believe, like, oh, we're a neutral people, then, you know, maybe that allows us to... A little too much wiggle room. A, a little too much wiggle room, maybe, to not do as much good things where, you know, I want to strive to be, you know, the best person I can be. Right. So according to your According to my moral yeah. equilibrium. So Well, I've had a lot of psychotherapy and so um I think I sorta of know and I don't know where they get this impression, but a lot of psychotherapists have this belief that from what I can derive, that babies, when they giggle and smile and coo or even fall asleep, they have within them an inherent well-being that the traumas of life tend to take away from us, but that we have as the initial gift of being born this well-being, which could be described maybe as joy. And since it's a, a positive feeling, since it's a good thing, then I would infer from that that it suggests that we are good, but can lose it easily because, after all, the brain is simply cellulose and water. And uh, we're vulnerable, so we can go off track from that. But but uh, the initial gift that we all have is something akin to joy, and that could 
be the equivalent of kindness and well-being and niceness to others. That is my theory. I. That sounds a lot like innocence. Is yeah. what you're describing. Well, I guess, but it's but it has a it 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 brings with it a a, a positive feeling. That is a, a sense of warmth, a sense of belonging, right? Uh, a sense of ease, comfort. There's a lot of terrible people out there who find that feeling in doing terrible things. Well, yeah. And so... Yes. It's it's hard to say that because we find joy in anything, that makes us good. Yeah, that's a... You just obliterated well, my theory. But... So, oh, go no, on. yeah, go. Um... Where was I? So it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier when you mentioned that German movie saying that, you know, Hitler by the end thought everything he was doing was good. You know, Mm -hmm. there's not often that I go out in the world and is like, I'm going to do this thing because it's evil, it's bad. You know, you don't often make a decision trying to be a bad person, but you just kind of either accidentally end up being a bad person or not even being a bad person, doing a bad thing or something that you even thought was good but someone else, you know, took a different way. And so it might be that we all have the thought, like we all want to be good, but just our definitions of good do not line up. Yeah. If you robbed a convenience store, are you good? No, but, you know, it could could be circumstantial. Like, most, I, you know, there's the classic, like, Robin Hood type thing, where, Mm -hmm. you know, the people that Robin Hood robbed, do you think that they were going around like, oh, Robin Hood's a great person, he's stealing from me to give to the poor? Yeah, that's actually a good question. (laughs) And actually, the exact same idea came up when we talked about moral equilibrium the first time, was Robin Hood. Mm Mm-hmm. Is Robin Hood good? And stealing from... Exactly. (laughs) Stealing from the rich, giving to the poor. He's doing an inherently bad thing to do a very good thing to lead us to moral equilibrium. Well, redistribution of wealth. I mean, (laughs) that seems to be a problem in the U.S. today. So if there were a way... Not necessarily from robbing the rich, <laughs> but taxing them so that uh, the poor uh, had a sustainable level of income. That probably, from my left-wing perspective, is a good thing. Uh, but I don't know if it really is in the realm of, of morals, um, I guess. I mean, certainly... If Robin Hood had run for office and wanted to change the tax system, then he would have been entirely within his rights to do that, whether or not it was a popular it's, move on it, on anyone's part. Yeah, I want to hear this from one. Interesting when you like bring up that idea of income inequality with the idea of Robin Hood as well, is, you know, it could be the same thing. Me, from my left-wing perspective, go like, hey... You know, having that bracketed tax system to give more money to the poor or go into, like, you know, a universal healthcare system or anything like that sounds like a good idea. But you talk to a lot of rich people and they're, like, you know, talking, like, I earned this money, this person did not earn this money. To me, this is unjust. Yes. And well, sure, they're going to say that, yeah. And it's yeah. kind of like that same thing with Robin Hood. You know, I'm sure that the poor people that he gave the money to were like, yeah, you know, Robin Hood is a great dude, 
just like us left wing people are like, yay, Bernie Sanders, you know, where you got the rich people who, you know, hated Robin Hood and actively tried to hunt him. And then you, you know, have the right wing candidates that are trying to defend their wealth. So it's all just this matter of perspective, I think. And that's trying to change the world, but is that really getting away from the idea of human goodness or mm-hmm. evil? I mean, does anybody feel like they've, I don't know, changed their mind hearing this discussion about any of this? Like, are you <laughs> deep inside, Aiden, a good person? No. No, I'm not. I can tell you right now, without any doubt in my mind, that on the inside, none of us are good people. Really? None that is us. your belief? I, I truly believe, even with moral equilibrium... Even with everything, I think I'm humans are, are inherently evil. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't think humans are inherently evil, but I don't think we're inherently good. I mean, I, we're not. Well, what makes a good person or an evil person? Yeah. Aiden. Ooh. So, I guess... Use general statement. I'm, and I'm being very general about this because I understand that there are very nice people in this world. I know that there are people who have done many great things for a ton of people, and obviously there are people who have done terrible things for many people as well. I'm thinking along the lines of, why does your door have locks on it? Because you can't trust anybody. Because we suck as people. I lock my doors... Every time I leave, because I know there is someone out there who wants to get in and take my stuff. Do that inherently evil thing. And there are so many businesses, there are so many pieces of evidence of capitalism being evil, communism being evil, everything is evil. There's nothing that can go right, it seems. There are so many people who are profiting off the fact that people are bad to each other. Literally the entirety of police force, kind of, is because there are bad people. Because we as humans are bad. Um, We've put these very strict rules on us. We've put these very restrictive regulations on people and society. But even without those, um, we still are fully capable of doing terrible, terrible, terrible things to each other. I think... Go on. No, I mean, I've said my case. (laughs) People are bad. Um, And that's just how it is. I think assuming that all people are just inherently bad is kind of... If you call me pessimistic, It's not pessimistic. (laughs) It's just not, I think, the greatest point of view to have. And I will kind of explain why. I think it just goes hand-in-hand with trust. Is, yeah, I lock my door because I know that there is the potential that someone is going to try to break into my house. Mm-hmm. But I, it's not like I wake up in the morning and be like, today is the day that someone is going to rob me. Like, it's more that, to, like, yeah, it's life that there is the potential that a bad person will come around and rob me. But there's also, you know... Like, for example, you. Like, you and I have really gotten to know each other. I'm not going to wake up and be like, today's the day that Aiden is going to rob me because I have a certain amount of trust for you as a friend that you are not going to steal from me type thing. And so 
it's just a level of trust. I do not think you are an inherently bad person because you have you have not shown me a reason to think you are a bad person. Okay. In <laughs> other words, you're very cute. Thank you. <laughs> well, it, it, it seems to me that Aiden is generalizing about humanity. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, immensely. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'm willing to admit to that. Right, and that when you get down to specifics, when you tighten the focus, I think. It wouldn't be that difficult to find people on either side of that spectrum. I mean, very, very good human beings, just surprisingly mm-hmm. so from the time they were toddlers. They're just really exemplary, good, kind, generous people. Yeah. And they live their lives that way. Whereas, of course, you can find people that are exactly the opposite of that. So your view sounds nihilistic. Because you kind of put everybody in the negative camp. I guess it, it's difficult for me. Um, I know, once again, that there are amazing people in this world. All, all of us, or at least all of y'all, I think are <laughs> great people. Thank you so much. Um, and, you know, there's people I meet every single day where, you know, I can very clearly tell that they're good, or good, quote-unquote. But the vast amount of people that I don't know that of, and the vast amount of people who I have met and been like, you are an asshole. Why do you point at me? (laughs) Because you're in front of me. That's just how it is. (laughs) We're in a very small room. Yeah. And so... I don't know, it, it's it's easier for me to believe that people are bad or evil and then be surprisingly surprised, <laughs> um, genuinely surprised and overjoyed that when I meet someone who is good, or however we decide to define that, and they are not evil, you know? it's 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 a good feeling. I set my bar low, so that way... When people exceed it, and they're actually decent humans, I'm happy for it. It sounds to me like you're kind of setting up like a safeguard for yourself. Almost. Yeah. Well, I yeah. relate to that. Yeah, and I relate to that too. It's not like I'm gonna meet someone on the street and be like, "Hey, let me tell you like my bank account password," because I think that you're a good person that's not going to abuse that power. I probably wouldn't tell you my bank account password either. But <laughs> you can. Well. Oh. oh, we're getting called again. Uh, Is it a call from a band? Calling, uh, <laughs> oh, we all are. How can I cancel that? <laughs> all right. We're done. Um, An inherently bad person who calls during a podcast. I know. Oh, why God would someone dare do that? that yeah, is... Can we all agree that calling in the middle of recording so is an asshole man? Yeah, yeah. Deeply disappointing, <laughs> I have to say. I have something I want to add. Yeah, uh, tell yes. So, Please. I... As you were describing kind of the whole, like, being surprised by people, you know, mm-hmm. and assuming that they're just assuming probably not that worst. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, it made me think about, okay, so I know I've mentioned me and, like, the female population usually do not get along, or at least when I meet a woman, a girl, whatever, I'm just like, I, I just can feel, like, instantly more suspicious hmm. or of intention um just more uneasy wary of that and person. i know that's not a rational like 
that that assumption is not coming from any kind of evidence from that actual person. It's coming from learned experience in my past. Mm. So the question for you is where do you think that came from? Or did it not come from anything specific, do you think? When did you decide that this is how you felt about Ooh. people? Oh, that's hard. I psychoanalyze your life here, I can, maybe. Yeah. I can point to like experiences where I'm like, right. I was bullied, I was harassed by this group of girls and growing up, you know, so that's why I think I have that. It came from hearing stories like that. Okay. So... Just all the stories you've ever heard about all people. Because I, I've talked to a lot of people. People have told me about all the things that have happened to them, about all the people who have done them wrong in different ways. I hear drama from people who I've never even met. And I just hear these things about how terrible someone is and how in their mind they're justifying what they're doing even despite everybody else knowing it's ter- terribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> and so I've, I've heard that far more often than I've heard anyone tell me about good things that have happened. I mean, I feel like people don't want to go and tell everyone about good things they think about people because it's not juicy, it's not dramatic, it's not mm-hmm. interesting. If, if someone did something really shitty, like, I'm going to freaking tell people because when I'm upset I want to vent, feel better. Also, because, like... It feels good to sometimes hate on other people, like or not hate on other people. Just it feels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels Hold good. On. Oh, oh! It feels good to hate on someone. Well, does dude. that make us inherently evil because we derive joy from other people's suffering? What? I mean, no. I mean that that was poor uh, word choice because I meant like. I feel like people what? actually. I do think that people like to judge what. They feel joy from judging people. I think Haley's kind of talking about is that it is a lot easier sometimes to talk about the bad things happening in your life. Like, uh-huh. like for example, if someone in your life dies, it's easier to go up and be like, man, it sucks because someone in my life died. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that it's surprised, it's hurt, and hurt is a very strong feeling where, you know... You go to the 7-Eleven, you buy a vanilla Coke, you know, you drink it, you feel happy. I'm not going to, like, go up to you and be like, Aiden, guess what I did today? Except I got a vanilla do, Coke. You I, do tell me that. Well, <laughs> I also, <laughs> yeah, terrible. well, you know, fair enough. But He's <laughs> trying to make a point here. I'm trying I, to I make a point here, and you just, but, you know, <laughs> that's the kind of thing, is feelings of hurt can generate, you know, just more emotion that you want to give off to your friends and have them help you. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, we sometimes find ourselves talking more about the shitty things in our life than the good things. Because the good things just don't make as much of an impact. Well, and anthropologically, it makes sense that when we were all in a tribal culture living uh, in the outback someplace, the negatives would uh, probably keep us alive if we talked about them. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) that might be one reason that, for example, in TV news, if it bleeds, it leads. That's a (laughs) phrase (laughs) that people use. And, well, in a tribal sense, it makes sense to know about that horrible auto accident or about Mm -hmm. those murders that took place because then we can take steps to keep ourselves safe. 
And that does make sense uh, in an evolutionary sense, even. So evolutionary, evolutionarily, yeah, that's a new word. I'm gonna I'm probably gonna a word. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Okay. That I mean that makes sense, but does it answer the question of are we? It's not a question that what, can be answered. Okay. I don't, Say I don't more. Think. Say more. Yeah. That's why we have the, this whole debate in the first place is because no one can say we can't like point to our genes. We can't point to our DNA or, or like some yeah. part we of don't our know brain. That, yeah. There's no hard evidence. It's yeah. just <laughs> fair. I also right. you can't see inside someone's mind. Like mm-hmm. I can't look like open up Aiden's head, take a look, and be like, oh, he looks like he's a good person today. Like <laughs> yeah, we can't, we can't see <laughs> the thoughts. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> Okay, so I guess we're at the 40 and a half minute mark. This has been incredible. Um, Did we solve it? No, no, I don't no, think we did no, at all. But I don't think we can. And yeah. No, it's just what, what are you talk about, I think. Hmm? So what are your, your closing statements here? What on humans' inherent morality, moral, mor, moral equilibrium, um... Inherent evil, all of this. What are what's your 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 closing thoughts? What generalize it? I think that my closing thought is something that we kind of only like touched on here at the end, but that is that concept of trust. That yes, it mm-hmm. is easier to assume that all humans might be bad okay. in order to keep yourself safe, but having that level of trust and being able to recognize when someone hasn't done you wrong or hasn't done in general people wrong and being able to op- be able to open up to them and have someone you can trust and have good people in the world around you is just a really great thing and I know that there are some people that assume all humans are bad and to a higher degree because maybe it's something that have happened in their life or something mm-hmm. and they don't have as much of an ability to trust and don't make as many friends because of that and don't trust people as much. And I know for a while I was definitely part of that camp of not trusting and it can get really miserable. And so, yeah, it's safer to assume all humans are bad, but having people to trust is just really awesome as well. Okay. How am I supposed to follow that? (laughs) In any way you want. Um, Are we talking about humans as, like... Toddlers, infants, are we talking about? It's just, just your closing. Well, you, whatever yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever your takeaway is. You're, uh, what's on your mind, Brains? Um, I think that people, and I think we're pretty neutral inherently, at least like if we're talking in terms of when we've grown a older, because I think that we are pretty passive when it comes to interacting with the environment. I think that we are more susceptible to environmental and other people yeah influence changing yeah exactly mm-hmm. and i don't think that our actions are mostly our own honestly so mm-hmm. i think that what we do is more of a product of our circumstance our environment you know our the people around us the pressures around us um so you believe in nurture far more than nature in yes that. okay yes um but if we're just looking at you know we're ignoring all of the outside influences and we're just looking in internally and thinking about, okay, you know, truly when it comes to my level of empathy and ability to like do good, you know, where do I fall? I think we're pretty neutral. We're not leaning either way on the scale. 
And uh, speaking from my number of decades, I think that uh, Willis brought it up that people can change based on their experiences. Like, if you're an asshole, then <laughs> you might find yourself alone, so you might choose to change. And I guess my final thought on this is that whatever is the foundational truth of whether we're good or bad or neutral, the reality is that we're malleable and we can change. And <laughs> if you're lucky in life, then you, or in my case, me, if I, if I have learned to be a better person, then, uh, I'm happier for it. And that's, I guess, relativistic or something, but that's all I really can deal with is myself. And, uh, so I think we skew towards trying to be better people generally. Okay. I mean, I feel like my opinions on this have been voiced very effectively. Um, I haven't changed. I still <laughs> think the way that I'm thinking. Um, there's definitely some new perspective on it that I will think about, um, and I hope everyone listening thinks about it as well. Um, and I appreciate everything that y'all have said about this topic. It's a very difficult one. It's one that requires a lot of debate, obviously, and one that we'll never really have an answer. And so I think all of these opinions, all these perspectives are very important for this. And despite it all, I'm still going to believe what I'm going to believe, whether or not that makes me inherently evil, because I'm focusing on me, myself, and I, um, in my vicious, vicious opinion. <laughs> so who knows? Um, that, that takes a lot of inward thinking, and that's a lot of inward thinking that I'm not totally down to do right now. <laughs> so, with that, um, I'm Aiden DeBoard. I'm Jim Newman. We uh, had with us Willis Holman and Haley Sage. Thank you today. again for coming on. Oh, thanks this for having This has been yeah, a wonderful time. Um, this is episode seven. Yeah. And we want to thank you for listening. Hopefully you come back for episode eight next week. And anything yeah. else you want to say? Any Any... Anything else y'all need to tell the world? <laughs> All 17 of our viewers. <laughs> oh, is it 17? Did we find that out? Yeah. Oh, right. Didn't we, we didn't, but we can tell you next time. Um, it's seven. <laughs> seven people. Okay, well, that's the late breaking news. And uh, till episode eight, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.